few weekends ago, I had the chance to spend some time with my younger sister. Her name is Anna. She lives with her husband and seven children just south of Kansas City. They were all here last year for Easter, so probably some of you had the chance to meet her. Something pretty scary, something that I know I will never forget that weekend when we were spending some time together. Long story short, there was a man. We came to find out later his name was Jack. He was from Hot Springs, South Dakota. He was in his mid-60s, but Jack, about 30 feet away from where my sister and I were spending time together, he had a massive heart attack. He went down to the ground, and by the grace of God, there were not one, not two, but three people, including my sister, right there, who all had EMT training. Um, That's something I had years ago, but it's been a while. And so the three of them jumped right in, and they began to administer CPR, chest compressions and breaths. And it didn't take very long before Jack's heart it stopped beating. The pulse was gone. He, he lost his breath. And I have been with a number of people when they have passed away, and that is exactly what happened. They continued to administer compressions and breaths, but nothing changed. Now, here's where the story gets really wild. My sister, just about three weeks prior had had a trainer come into their home and they did a first aid class with all of their kids. She also had purchased a portable AED. That's those shocking devices that you always see on television. And for some strange reason, that morning, she felt like God was telling her that she was supposed to put it in her truck. And that is exactly what she did. After Jack had stopped breathing for a while, they had to make that tough choice and I don't know if you've ever been in an emergency situation before. Even though you know what you should do, it's kind of hard to really engage. It's hard to cut someone's shirt off. It's hard to, you probably don't know this, but if you are ever using an AED on a man and he has a hairy chest, you actually have to shave spots on their chest so that you can get a good connection with those pads. That's what she did. She hooked him up and you hear the machine and here's what it said. It said, analyzing. Heartbeat, no heartbeat, detected, administering shock, stand back. Shock was administered. Jack's heart started beating again. Just think about the chances, the statistical probability of all those things that had to happen for Jack to still be alive. After Jack was rushed to the hospital, a few days and a few surgeries later, He and my sister and I had the chance to to meet up again. And we we got together. He was on his way back north, back home, and he was with his mom. He was with his wife, and he was with his son. And he just wanted to say, thank you. There were a few tears. There were a few hugs and not even the, the safe kind. And during that reunion, I've got a picture of Jack. I'll even show it to you. During that time together, Jack said something that has been resonating in me ever since. Here's what he said. I feel like I've been given another chance at life. Now, that's a phrase that I want to invite us 
to hold on to in our time together this morning. I feel like I've been given another chance at life. Our passage of Scripture, we'll read it together in just a moment. But before we do, I want to pause to ask two questions. First one is pretty easy. Second one, maybe a little tougher to answer. Here's the first question, and it has to do with Jack. Considering the experience that he had, do you think that his response was understandable? Do you think that his response, the thing that he said, was appropriate? You can just shake your head, yes or no. Okay, lots of heads, shaking yes. Of course, absolutely, that was the understandable. It was the appropriate response. Here's the second question. Again, I told you it might be a little tougher. Given the experiences that we have had, and in many ways are still having right now, might it be also an appropriate or understandable response for us to feel like maybe we've been given another chance at life? Had a lot of conversations over the last, just these past few weeks with family members, with friends, with many of you. And I've heard statements like this. The last three months have really made me think about my priorities. Things I used to think were such a big deal don't seem so big anymore. I've heard statements like this. The last few months have made me reconsider my attitude toward life. Find myself thankful, grateful for things I just took for granted before. I've heard people say things like, You know, these last few months have made me think I should reevaluate the way that I'm investing my time, my energy, and my resources. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a bunch of people who are feeling like maybe these experiences that we've been through and are going through might be just giving us another chance at life. Amen? I know that I feel that way. Can we read our passage of Scripture together this morning? It comes from Psalm 118, beginning in verse 19. I was talking to my friend Carolyn Rodina this week, and I said, when you preach, when you teach, week after week, year after year, some weeks it's kind of difficult to figure out a passage you're supposed to talk about. Not this week. In fact, I think this passage might have chosen us. It's been welling up in my heart all week. Hear these words. This psalm, this song, David. It says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's a reference to Jesus Christ. This is the Lord's doing. Who else could do something like this? It is marvelous in our eyes. And here's the verse we're going to spend some time on together this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad 
in it. I love that passage. Don't you? It is so full of joy. It is so full of passion. It is so full of gratitude for the goodness of God. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but this morning, just want to look at that last verse in three parts. This is the day, that's the first part, that the Lord has made, that's the second part, let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's the third part. You know, the first word that jumps out to me is actually the first word in this verse. It's the word this. Now, you might not think that that's a very important word, but I think it is because it tells us right out of the gate exactly what we're talking about. Not talking about yesterday, not talking about tomorrow, talking about today right here, right now. I've read a lot of books over the years about spirituality, ways that we can grow closer to God. And something I've noticed is that a lot of the really good ones, they invite us, they encourage us to start today. They don't say, okay, here's what you do. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, do this. I have some theories as to why that is, probably that you know the writers of those books are very well acquainted with our humanity, and they know by the time next morning rolls around, we'll probably forgot, right? And so this passage of Scripture that we read together today, it has a sense of urgency about it. It's inviting us to do whatever we're going to do right here, right now. This is the day. That's the second word I want to look at. The word day. What does that mean anyway? Well, from a scientific perspective, we all took third grade science class. From a scientific perspective, we're talking about the roughly 24 hours from midnight to midnight that it takes for the earth to complete one rotation on its axis. That's what we're talking about from a scientific perspective. From a spiritual perspective, when we're talking about a day, it's a little bit different. We're talking about a gift. We're talking about an opportunity. 24 hours, that is 1,440 minutes that we will never get back, never experience again. Have you ever thought about it this way? There has never been in the history of the world or in our own history, in our lives, a day like this one. And there will never be another day like this one as long as the world continues to rotate on its axis. Makes me feel like we should probably not take it for granted. Definitely don't want to squander it. Amen? We want to make the most of this day. Second part we'll look at together. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, I think that these five words that the Lord has made are important. Because they tell us about the origin of this day, the creator of this day. And understanding the origin or the creator of something can tell us a little bit about what we can expect from it. Now, if you're not following me, here's an example. Let's say we're going shopping and we've found what, what we're looking for, but we've got two options. On the outside, they look pretty much the same, but we turn them over and there's a sticker on each. Okay. One says, made in China. The other one says, made in Switzerland. Which one are you going to feel more comfortable with? 
You don't have to answer that, of course. It's the one made in Switzerland. Swiss products are known for their excellence. We can know something about what to expect from where it came from. And this tells us that this day has come from God. And because it comes from God, we can know that it is good. Makes me think of that passage from the creation story. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. At the end of the sixth day, it says, And God looked upon all he made, and behold, or indeed, it was good. Now that doesn't mean that we might not encounter some difficulties, some challenges, maybe even some heartbreak on this day. But here's what it means at its essence, at its core. When you break it down, it is good. Why? Because God made it that way. And sometimes we have to sift and sort and seek through it a little bit, especially on those tough ones, to find the goodness of each day. But hear me when I tell you it's always there. It is good this day that God has made. Brings us to this last part, and I don't know if you noticed, but on my video broadcast, I worked really hard on preaching shorter sermons, so we're not going to take any big steps backward today. We're going to keep it moving. Amen? So this last part, here's where a shift occurs in this passage of Scripture. The first part, this is the day that the Lord has made. It is a statement of fact, right? Here a shift occurs, and this is where we move into the part that concerns us. It is an invitation. Because this is the day the Lord has made, what are we supposed to do with that? How are we supposed to respond? Our passage tells us that we are to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, the central word in that little line is rejoice. And at the center of that word, he just chops some letters off the end. I mean, it's joy, right? To rejoice means to act out the joy that is within us, right? It's an action word that is, it comes out of, it flows out of joy. You know, the older that I get, the more I learn about God, the more I am convinced that He desires for us to have joy in our hearts, all of us. I believe that. Before I go any further, let me say this, though. There is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a feeling. Feelings come and go, don't they? Joy is a virtue. Joy is one of those things that dwells deep inside of us, and it is unshakable. And because joy is a virtue, I mean, it's not something that we, we get to experience just by accident. It's something that takes intentionality. It's something that takes seeking and searching. And once we've found it, it requires nurturing. It requires protecting because hear me when I say there is nothing that the enemy would love more than to steal our joy. From the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, he's always, isn't he? You know, always picking at us, always trying to steal our joy. When 
when we feel joy escaping our hearts or when joy has eluded us, that is a sign to us even more than those gauges that we all have in our cars. When our joy level is low, it means that something is off in our hearts or in our lives. I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm just telling I'm just telling you that when our joy is low, it means that something is off in our lives. It could be, and by the way, this is the point where our message kind of comes full circle. If our joy level is low, perhaps we may consider re-examining our priorities. Perhaps we might consider taking a look at our attitude. The way that we are investing our time and our energy and our treasures. Do you believe that? That there is a connection between those things I just mentioned and the joy that we feel or don't feel in our hearts? Do you believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now sometimes, I mean, sometimes there's some deeper stuff and I don't want to just brush past that. Sometimes there is pain in our past. Sometimes there is resentment that we just can't seem to get over. Sometimes we've just gotten off course, right? It happens. Sometimes finding that joy and keeping that joy, it's going to take a little bit of work, maybe a lot of work. But trust me when I tell you that it is worth it. Whatever the case may be, and here's the good news this morning, whatever the case may be, Whatever reason that our joy has been lost or it's just seemed to elude us, as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as our heart is beating, we still have another chance at life. We have another chance right now. This moment makes me think of one of my favorite passages of Scripture of all time, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I believe that. In lots of mornings in my life when I have clung to that promise, that today is a new beginning. It is uh, a chance to start fresh and to start over. Love that promise. But let me tell you something else that I believe, and I believe this with all my heart, that in addition to that daily sort of reset that we get, there are also some times in our lives, very rare, very rare, when Things seem to slow down just enough for us to catch a glimpse of the big picture, a chance for us to reevaluate and even reorient the direction that our lives are heading. And I believe that we are in this moment, in the middle of one of those times. I could go on and on about why I say that. But let me just say this. There are too many things that have aligned and are aligning in our church, 
in the lives and hearts of people I've talked to. I mean, around this country, these are tough times to be sure, but sometimes God's just got to let us be shaken up so he can put us back together. Here's my prayer for us. Here is the desire of my heart for us that we might make the most of this chance, this new chance at life that God has gifted to us for the sake of our own hearts, for the sake of our families, for the sake of our church, our community, our nation, and this whole wide world. I pray that we might choose today to make the most of this gift that God has given to us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Will you pray with me, God? We reaffirm together today that in spite of everything that is happening around us, you are still sovereign. You are seated upon the throne. Today we reaffirm our trust in your protection and your provision and your plan for our lives. Guide us, Lord. Help us to draw closer to you and closer to one another during these days. These things we pray in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.